Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Frankie Mazapika. The title of my message is Godly People Also Get Tired. Is that true? Yes? Is that true? Godly people experience incredible moments with God, but we get tired too. Uh, I'll tell you uh, where I'm getting this, this message. It's in 1 Kings chapter 18, where the mighty man, a, a mighty prophet, Elijah, is standing on top of Mount Carmel. And he calls down first fire and then water out of the heavens. It's almost as if he had the key to the skies. In the very next chapter, we find the same man running for his life, full of fear, anxiety, and worry. He's running for his life, and we find him sitting under a juniper tree. Now, I heard this story as a young man, and I would think to myself, what are you doing under a juniper tree? You're a child of God. But now that I'm older, and I too find myself under the juniper tree, I am comforted in knowing that Elijah sat there as well. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says, all things, everybody say all things on three, one, two, three. Real loud. One, two, three. All things. All things work together for the good of those who love him. Now, one verse before that one, we find that the Holy Spirit is praying for us. Two verses after that one, we find that Jesus is also praying for us. And that is why all things are working together for the good of those who love him. The Holy Spirit is praying. Jesus is praying. There are greater ones that are for us than against us. Somebody shout yes. They're greater. In John 5, 17, Jesus says, my father is always working, and so am I. We have the creator of the universe constantly orchestrating the events in our life. Constantly. But sometimes it's easy to forget that when you're sitting under a juniper tree feeling like the entire world is against you. Am I talking to anybody? Shout yes. Come on, let me hear you. Shout yes. You sound good. You sound good. But this was the situation of Elijah. Just after he called fire from heaven and after he called water from heaven, he looked at 400 false prophets and killed them with the blade of his own sword. When Queen Jezebel found out about that, she sent a message to him. And said, I will kill you just as you killed them. 
In a moment, he was full of fear. And he began to run across the desert sand and fell and crumbled underneath a juniper tree. It is common that after a great victory, there is a measure of depression. It's common. I've gone on mission trips before and enjoyed serving people that have hardly any money, no source of clean water. It felt so good to walk in cadence with Jesus, helping people that desperately need his love. No sooner than I get home, I walk into my house and say something to my wife or say something to my children that I shouldn't say and it's in the wrong tone and it's far too ugly and they deserve better than that. My goodness, I talk to people I just met in Guatemala better than I talk to my own family in that moment. And I begin to feel convicted and feel down. And then sure enough, there's that moment of depression. Sometimes it's just a moment. Sometimes it's five minutes. Sometimes it's ten minutes. Sometimes it lasts an hour. Sometimes these moments last for a few days. But you can mark my words. Great victories are often followed by moments of depression. But do not condemn yourself. Do not condemn yourself for this. It is as natural as the sea retreating after it's kissed the cliff. A human being at their best is still only human. When God looks at you, we already know what he thinks. He, we already know because he put it in his word. In Psalms 130 verse 7, it says that he knows our frame. He remembers that we are only dust. We are only human. On our best day, we're still only human. And because we're only human, we will never be able to live a perfect life. And these moments of retreat, these moments of depression, thank God for those moments. I'm not going to ask him for more. <laughs> but after the fact, once I get out of the funk, I thank him for it. The reason why is I know the purpose for it. If we went from being used by God to being used by God to being used by God, saying something to a person at the perfect time, lifting them up at the perfect time, if, we, if that's all we experienced, we would begin to think more highly of ourselves than we should. It's in those juniper moments where you begin to whisper to God, I'm nothing without you. I need you. If you don't help me, I don't have any other options. Have you ever been there? Shout yes. Come on, let me hear you. Shout yes. It's in those moments. I'm not telling you I like them. I can't stand them. But it's in those moments where the humility begins to shower my heart. 
And it's in those moments if I don't fight back and I just allow the moment to take place and I allow his kindness to overshadow my sin and my mistakes, I know in the bottom of my heart, in Philippians 4, 6, it says that he will give grace generously. He opposes the proud, but he raises up the humble. Just as soon as I walked out or under the juniper tree, at just the right moment, at just the right moment, I will walk out better than I did when I walked in. Are you with me? Shout yes. At just the right moment. So let's pay careful attention on how God treated Elijah while he was in trouble. Let's pay very close attention to his tenderness at that moment. Because it's his tenderness under the juniper tree that we need to reach out to when we ourselves are under the juniper tree. And his tenderness is a very real thing. It's a tangible thing. In Psalms 130 verse 7 it says this. Keep hoping. Keep hoping. I want you, I want you to hear me say that. Hear me say that because all of us are fighting a battle no one else in this room knows anything about. Psalms 130 verse 7. Keep hoping. Keep trusting. Keep waiting. For your God is trustworthy. He's kind. I don't care how many sins you've committed. He's kind and he is forgiving. And he has a thousand ways. A thousand. Shout a thousand. One, two, three. One, two, three. He has a thousand ways to set you free. If that scripture is better than you thought it was going to be. And you didn't write it down. It's in Psalms 130 verse 7. It's in the uh, New Living Translation. No, it's in the ESV. I don't know. Look it up. Google is your friend. There's a thousand ways. But we need to pay very close attention to how he treats people when they are in trouble. Just like a young surgeon who walks into a hospital to watch how a master in the healing arts treats his patients. We need to watch and study. What does Jesus do? What does the Lord do? He sends angels. He sent an angel to Elijah to feed him. All women know the road to a man's heart <laughs> is through a warm meal. There's nothing like, oh, okay, I'm not going to chase that. He feeds him. The angel feeds him. And then he encourages him, go to sleep. And then when he wakes up, he goes, go back to sleep. You know, the definition of courage is to inject courage. I love it when an angel here on earth that's only here for a short time injects courage into me. You recognize him just as quickly as I do. All of a sudden, your phone vibrates, bzz, and you look at it, and it pops up on your screen. Someone is encouraging you. 
hey, you just crossed my mind. And I wanted to say, you have been da, 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 da. And they encourage you. You didn't just cross their mind like a leaf being blown across the street. God arranged for your name, your face to cross their mind. And they were an angel at that moment to send you that text message, to call you, to email you. They were an angel at that moment. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14, are not all angels sent to minister to the heirs of salvation? Are not all angels sent to encourage people who will one day live in heaven? Some of you may be thinking to yourself, I don't have enough angels in my life. Are you with me? Say yes. To just say something encouraging, to encourage me, put some courage in me. When my life feels like it's falling apart, I just need an angel, someone to come hug me. I will tell you this, and many of you have already discovered this truth. If you are an angel to other people, you will find angels coming to you. If you decide that it is your life assignment, and it is, and it is, but if you decide that it is your life assignment to keep your head on a swivel and look for people who need an angel, and you can identify them. You already have a, a million times over again. You know exactly who needs an angel. You look in their eye, and there's something hollow there. There's something hollow in their eye. There, there's tiredness in their eye. The eyes are the window to the soul, and you can look right into their eye, and you can tell that they're tired. You can tell that they're weary. But you decide, I'm not going to notice it, acknowledge it, and walk off like I didn't see it. I noticed it for a reason. I notice it for a reason because I'm the angel that God just sent there. I'm not a perfect vessel, but it doesn't matter about how imperfect the vessel is. It's what's inside the vessel that matters. And so you open your mouth and you allow God to use your voice. Stop looking in the mirror and condemning the vessel. Our vessel gets older and more wrinkly every single day. It has nothing to do with the anointing that's inside of the vessel. Do you agree with me? Shout yes. It's in there. Everybody say it's in there. It's in there. So he sends angels. It's interesting because Elijah begins to walk out of the area where the juniper tree was planted. Now he's a different person. He's got lightning in his veins. He has thunder in his soul. He's got light in his eyes. He's different. He, he was in a depressive state. He forgot all about how wonderful it was to be on Mount Caramel. He forgot about it because... The juniper tree is so depressing. But God has more moments. He's got more moments. And the most important thing that the angel did for Elijah was to say, Hey, I've given you food. You've had a rest. Now it's time to get on to your next assignment. If you have breath 
in your lungs, there is another assignment. Hear me say that. If you have breath in your lungs, there is another assignment. If you did not have any more divine assignments on your life, you would not be here right now. You would be in heaven playing hopscotch with Peter and Paul. Because you have breath in your lungs, let that be the testimony and the confirmation that you have a divine assignment ahead of you. Do you agree with me? Shout yes. You know, I often think I hear the voice of Elijah. Just give me some poetic liberty here. Saying, I want to die. But Elijah, are you sure? Are you sure you want to miss the opportunity of having to veil your face because you are in the literal presence of God on Mount Horeb? Are you sure you want to miss that? No, no, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Are you sure you want to miss out on the opportunity to look the evil man Ahab in the eye and rebuke him in the name of the Lord? Do you want to miss that? No, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Do you want to miss the opportunity to look at your successor, that young man, Elisha, and look him in the eyes and say, you've been called by God, and take your own mantle and throw it on his shoulders? No, I don't want to miss that. Elijah, are you sure that you want to miss out on the school of the prophets that's going to be developed out of your spiritual lineage? No, I don't want to miss that. Friends, hear me say this. Your plans for your life and my plans for my life are like the color drawing of a kindergartner compared to the divine blueprint of the God Almighty. He has things in store for you that you do not know anything about. And when you see it, you will be like a person who dreams. Your mouth will be filled with laughter. Your eyes will be as bright as the sun, living a life that you had no idea you would ever live. The God that created the sun, created the moon, created the stars, wrote your assignment. And the Bible that I read that describes your plan and my plan says this, that Our minds cannot imagine. They cannot imagine the plans that he has for us. And you can look it up in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. 
Oh, all the enemy wants to do is distract. That is, that is his playbook. If you could fly into hell in some kind of capsule, because we don't want to get hot. Fly into hell and go into the office of Satan to figure out what is his playbook. And then we find it in the upper right-hand drawer. And we pull it out from our capsule some way, somehow. We pull it out. We would find that his entire playbook has the title, Distract. Distract, 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 distract. Distract them with boys. Distract them with girls. Distract them with finances. Distract them with jobs. Distract with this problem. Distract with that problem. Distract, 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 distract. Every single chapter in the entire book is a different way to distract you. Why? Because if we can take our eyes off God, if we can stop whispering, we can die under the juniper tree. We'll die there. We're not meant to die there. It, it, the juniper tree is not a casket. It's a classroom. We learn under the juniper trees. It is so lonely. It's so quiet. I go crazy. I know a teacher never talks while you're taking a test. Are you with me? Say yes. Do you want to know something that's so crazy about the life of Elijah? Is he asked to die. But he never died. Read the story for yourself. He never died. A whirlwind out of the sky comes down and picks him up and like Dorothy gets caught up in a whirlwind. He never died. Does anyone here thank God for the prayers that he never answered? Come on, put your hands together. You thank God for the prayers he never answered. Oh, some of you prayed to marry somebody when you were 15 and you saw him a few years ago and you said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for not answering my prayer. Are you with me? Say yes. I think... That when Elijah was going to heaven in a chariot, in his own body, he had to have laughed and said, God, are you serious? This is how I go? This is how it happens? I was begging for you to kill me and this, and I'm never going to die? Are you serious? Is this really happening? I think that those words. It's not in the Bible, but I think God loves hearing those words. Are you serious? Are you serious? Is this really what's happening? Because I thought it was all over with. I had no idea that the closing of one chapter was opening up another chapter that's far greater than any chapter I've ever lived in my entire life. Are you serious? He loves to hear those words. Are you serious? Come on. Are you serious? 
The saddest thing that can ever happen to a person is a person who loses hope underneath the juniper tree. Oh, don't lose hope under the juniper tree. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. And you can always tell who lost hope because they're like the canary in the coal mine. See, back in the day, we would put a canary in the coal mine to find out if there was any, help me with that, to, to carbon dioxide. And, and, and we put a, a, a canary in there because you can't see it. And all of a sudden, people would breathe it in and they would die. And so they brought a, a canary in. And canaries love to sing. Oh, they, they, to be honest with you, they don't shut up. They're constantly chirping and singing. You can even teach them songs. And when the canaries stop singing, they know there's something in the atmosphere that they can't see. And so they run out. Well, you can always tell when somebody has lost hope because they stop worshiping. As soon as they stop worshiping, something, something's in the atmosphere. I want to encourage you. Don't ever stop worshiping. Psalms 34 verse 1. I will bless the Lord all, with all my might and his praises will always be on my lips. His praises will always be on my lips. Is there anybody with me today? Come on, put your hands together. Always. Always on my lips. You know, this is, I was talking to somebody, it was another pastor the other day, and I said, man, this is such an interesting time. It's such an interesting time of the church. Such an interesting time because you got this pandemic going on and people are losing jobs like crazy. And when you have financial pressure, it instantly causes marital pressure. And, and, and all these things are, oh, Jesus, crazy. And, and oh, and by the way, half of the church has stopped coming to church. And by the way, but both of us, as we kept on talking, it's kind of like Dickinson. It was the best of times. it was the worst of times. Oh, there's something beautiful about the desperation we all find ourselves in. There's something beautiful. There's one part about Elijah's story I didn't mention. When he called down rain, it was going to rain so hard that it was going to flood. And so he told the people around him, Get on your horses and start running. Start riding. Get out of here. It's going to be bad. It's going to be a typhoon. It's, it's going to be a hurricane. Get out of here. It's coming down. So everybody jumped on their horses and they were whipping and they were riding. They were whipping and riding. And he's like, yeah, get out of here. Get out of here. Shoot, get out of here. He's like, oh, shoot, I don't have a horse myself. True story. Everybody, yeah, yeah. Do we got any nickels? No, I'm just kidding. For those of you that like. If you didn't see it, you didn't see it. And all of a sudden, Elijah looks around and says, I don't have a horse, so shoot. So he, he grabs his robe and he ties it up in a knot and sticks it in his belt. 
and starts running. He starts running. If you think Forrest Gump could run fast, he could not run fast. He was running so fast that he looked next to him and he started passing the horses. He was running so fast. Talk about a victory. My goodness. You don't, you are not, you, if you are running faster than a horse, you are living an experience that few men have ever lived. But tell me this. Was he closer to God when he was running or when he was under the juniper tree whispering, I'm nothing without you. I'm nothing without you. I have to have you. You know the answer. He was closer under the juniper tree. If you want Mount Caramel, you have to be willing to experience the juniper tree. But don't curse it. There's a blessing under there. You'll be closer to him under the juniper tree than you will be when you're living a life and people say, oh my goodness, you are so blessed. Are you with me? Say yes. Let's all stand to our feet. Let's give him a standing ovation. Come on. Give him a standing ovation. He deserves it. We love you. We love you. Come on. We love you. We love you. Come on. Say that with me. We love you. Say it. We love you so much. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Say that with me. We love you. 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 Come on. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Oh, we love you. We love you. Come on. Let's go. We love you. Say it. Say it. Say it. time we find ourselves getting into a routine in church. Four songs, uh, uh, announcements, offering, preaching, go home. We got to shake ourselves. I'm not going to do the routine. I'm not going to do it. 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 Not doing it. Not doing it. Not gonna do it, and only you can do that for yourself. Only you can do that. It is so easy to walk into the presence of God, put your hands in your pocket, and people watch like you're at a mall. The atmosphere is great. The entertainment is awesome. 
shake yourself. It's, the battle's real out there. You get your weapons in here. You get your weapons in here. Come on, get your weapons in here. I'd like our prayer partners to come down if they would. All the prayer partners, come down if they would. I go from teaching to preaching when you see that first bead of sweat on my head go boop. <laughs> this is the moment of the service you can't plan for. Because you never know what God wants to do. You never know. Just raise your hands, everybody in the room. Just raise your hands. Just raise your hands. Whisper to them what you want. It doesn't have to be loud. It can be such a small, soft whisper. You can't even hear yourself. But make sure your tongue and lips are moving. And tell him what you want. Do you want a healing in your body? Tell him what you want. You want a healing in your marriage? Tell him what you want. Go, go. Just tell him. If you get healed at Celebration Church, it is your responsibility to tell us about it. It's your responsibility. The Bible says, do not touch his glory. If you do not give him the glory, you are hanging on to it. You are touching his glory. It's your responsibility to tell us about it. You can call us, you can email us, but it's your responsibility. And anyone else you can possibly find that will listen. It's my responsibility to not touch his glory. I can't take any credit at all. I got to stay away from it. You have to give it. I have to stay away from it. Holy Spirit, come on, put your hands up. Some of you might feel heat. You might feel tingling. I want you to try to do something that you can't normally do. If you can't sit down and stand up, without pain, then I want you to sit down and stand up over and over again. I want you to try to provoke the pain. If you can't hear in one of your ears, then cover up the good ear and let me pray. But I want you provoking the pain while I pray. Six times in the book of John, God healed somebody. Jesus healed somebody. But each time they had to do something in order to receive the healing. Pick up your mat and walk. Pick up his mat. He started walking. Go wash your eyes in the pool. Go wash your eyes in the pool. He could see. Now try to do something that you couldn't do, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you spirit of infirmity, I rebuke you. In the name of Jesus. there's someone here, there's something going on inside your stomach. I want to say ulcers, but I don't know. I want to say internal bleeding, but I don't know. But it's something serious in your stomach. Is that somebody here or am I talking to myself? If I'm talking to myself, then, then that's fine. But if it's somebody here, I want to pray for you. Come out of your seat as fast as you can. Something going like ulcers, bleeding, 
I don't know, just something's not, it's bad and you know it. Come down here. And, uh, is it somebody, is it you, sir, coming down here? God's about to heal you. Okay, come over here. Let me pray for you right here. Is it you as well? Come down right here. Right here. Just raise your hands right where you're at. The Spirit of the Lord is here. He's here. Pray for him, Pastor James. Pray for him. Pray for him. the name of Jesus. Headaches. Not just headaches, though. You've gone to see a doctor over the headaches. So if you have bad headaches, but you haven't gone to see a doctor, that's not the person I'm thinking about. You've gone to see a doctor over the headaches. And he has no answer. If that's you, come down here. Everybody gets a headache. That's too, that's too bland. Is it you? Come on right here. Is it you? Is it you? You've, you've gone to see a doctor. Pray for her. Pray for her. Come here. Come here. Come here. You. Yeah, you. I know your name. I'm just, my mind is in a different place right now. Is it okay if I learn in front of you? Is that all right? Is it okay if I learn? I, I don't have, is that okay? I, the, the gifts I want to have, I, I, have to, I have to practice them to find out, to get good at it. Does that make sense? Like I'm not going to be good right away. Come back in two years and I'll be good at it. But I got to practice. Is it okay if I learn? This is what I want you guys to do. I want you to, I want you to, to try something. In the past couple of weeks, uh, sometimes I get names. Half of the time I'm right and half of the time I'm wrong. But man, when I'm right, bang, they get healed right away. But will you be patient with me? I need you to be patient with me as as the church, my church family, I need you to be patient with me because names is, names are new for me. This kind of word of knowledge, I've been blessed to operate in it for two years, but I'm being stretched and I just need you to be patient with me. Okay. If there's a, a prayer partner here that you have a, a name, a name, and the condition that that name is connected to, I want you to come on up here. And if you miss it, you miss it. But I'm being drawn to the name Carl, and there's something broken, or it's not on your left side, either your collarbone, your shoulder, your rotator cup, some, I said left side, but it's your right. It's, it's over here. Maybe it's your elbow. There's pain in your, something going on over here that's not right. And, and your name is, is Carl. Carl.
Is there anyone in there in your, does anyone know who I'm talking about? You know someone named Carl that, that has that condition, that ailment. There's something not right over here. Just raise our hands in this room. There's healing in this place. There's healing in this place. What is it? What's his name? Rail. Rail. I don't like giving myself grace, but that's really close. Carl, Rail, Carl, Rail. Let's pray for him right now. Let's pray for him. See, it's, it's possible I get... Let's just raise our hands. This is the last one I'm going to lean in on. Is there a lady here that something's going on on the inside of your mouth? It's a sore. Maybe you can't taste. There's something going on on the inside of your mouth. A lady here, there's something going on on the inside of your mouth. And this one I feel strongly about, so I'm going to wait. It's just something's not right in there. And I don't want you to hesitate. I want you to come get your healing. It's on the inside of your mouth. Something you've lost taste. There's a sore. There's something. While I'm waiting on that person, would you raise your hands over your head if you find that you're 80% healed of something that you were trying to provoke? If there's somebody standing close to you, I want you to clap your hands if you see it. If you see someone waving. What is it? Yes, what's your name? Natalie. The sore is on the inside of your lip. Raise your hands right where you're at. Pray for her. She's going to get healed. Hey, take your tongue and, and try to touch it while she's praying. It'll go away while she's praying. What is it? Your father's name is Carl. Man. Her father's name is Carl. She doesn't remember which shoulder it is, but he tore his rotator cup. He had surgery on it. What? He doesn't even go by Carl. But that's his name. 
His first name is Carl. What's he go by? Gene. He was born Carl. That's his first name. His first name is Carl. Someone pray with her. Go, go ahead. Pray with her. Pray for her father and pray for her too. She's going to get a blessing. Huh? I can't hear you. Is there someone named Cynesia that has a kidney issue? Let's raise our hands. God's doing something in this room. Would you come out of your seat and come take the hand of a prayer partner? Let them pray with you. Some of you, you haven't had someone pray with you in many years. You pray for people, but you don't know if anybody's praying for you. Would you come out of your seat and take the hand of somebody down here? Let them pray with you. There's no official dismissal. You can leave whenever you get ready. But let's just worship with the worship team before you go. And if it, if, if it sounds appealing to you to come pray with me tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, I, it, it would be my privilege. I love you all so much. Come on, let's worship. Him. 